Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. When it comes to cardiovascular care, most doctors recommend similar lifestyle changes to all their patients. But one physician says customized care may get better results. Here with more, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Carl Chip Levie, MD, is a professor of medicine who specializes in cardiology and is the medical director of cardiac rehabilitation and preventive cardiology at the John Oshner Heart and Vascular Institute at Oshner Health in New Orleans. And he was the lead author of an article recently published in the medical journal JAMA Cardiology. He's ranked among the most cited researchers in the world according to the Google Scholar Citation Database and recognized as the top world expert in obesity in experts. Dr. Levy, give us a summary of what you were writing about. Yes, so I was asked to write about the new U.S. Preventive Services Task Force Behavior Counseling Update on a study to assess if enhanced behavioral counseling for adults without cardiovascular disease can promote a healthy diet and physical activity. And they basically reviewed data from 113 randomized control trials of 130,000 participants. They had last updated their report in 2017. So this was an updated report from the task force with 33 new studies, which basically showed that with enhanced behavioral counseling, you could get small but statistically significant improvements in blood pressure, in LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, and in adiposity, which is fat. And these type of changes in risk factors could have significant impact on improving the health of the population. I think many people think, well, heart problems just run in my family, so that's the way it is. But since family members seem to make pretty similar lifestyle choices in terms of diet and probably physical activity as well, do we know how much of a role genetics plays versus lifestyle choices for heart disease? I think, as you alluded to, that it's sometimes hard to separate the effects of genetics versus environmental factors. You can certainly try to do so statistically, but a lot of times, as you mentioned, families do things the same way. When the family eats, has a bad diet, when families have low physical activity, often others in the same family continue this same trend. So it is sometimes hard to separate the effects of genetics and environmental factors. Saying that, we do believe that there is substantial evidence that genetics factors play a very important part in many diseases. Certainly, it's not just cardiovascular disease, but cardiovascular disease and particularly atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries seems to be very genetically transmitted. Let's talk about this behavioral counseling for cardiovascular disease. We've all heard it a thousand times to eat healthy and exercise. How intensive are these intervention programs and what are people taught in these that evidently sinks in? Well, in my editorial, we actually talked about the five A's to facilitate effective health behavior change counseling. And in medicine, very often the clinicians in the office do the first two. Very often they assess the risk behavior and they advise change. And just for example, for smoking, they assess whether a patient smokes or not, how much they smoke. And they advise them to reduce or 
obviously, ideally to eliminate smoking. So this is typically done with many things, with diet, with physical activity, with smoking and other adverse behaviors. But the clinicians often don't do some of the other things. One is to agree on the goals and an action plan to help the patient or to actually assist them with the treatment, making the change and arrange follow-up to see how they are doing with the change. It typically just assess the risk and advise the change. But if you can do a much more vigorous behavioral counseling, this can have an impact. And really, we have a very important opportunity to improve the health of the population. And one of the ways that we can do this is by improving lifestyle behaviors. And this can go with smoking, with bad dietary choices, and certainly with physical activity. And this study actually showed that the thing that improved the most with enhanced lifestyle counseling is improving physical activity. And physical activity has so many effects on health. One of the strongest risk factors for prognosis is cardiorespiratory fitness. How fit a person is, is a very important component of health. And certainly there is a genetic component of fitness, but one of the ways that you really improve fitness is by physical activity and exercise. Physical activity and exercise also has profound effects on almost all of the other risk factors. It improves the lipids. It lowers the triglycerides and raises the cardioprotective HDL or the good cholesterol. It improves glucose and lessens the development of things like metabolic syndrome and diabetes. It lowers blood pressure. So it has many favorable effects on overall cardiovascular health. And this can really be improved by uh, behavioral counseling. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Carl Chip Levee, cardiologist at the John Oshner Heart and Vascular Institute at Oshner Health in New Orleans, and we're discussing an article he recently co-authored that looked at the effectiveness of customized advice from doctors for lifestyle changes in preventing heart disease. Dr. Levee, African Americans, especially those who live in poverty, are hit especially hard by cardiovascular disease. Tell us about that aspect of the task force's report. Well, certainly they emphasize the data in the African-American population because the group who really needs to make behavioral changes is often the lower socioeconomic, those who are less educated, those who have less access to the more healthier foods, that have less access to the exercise facilities equipment, to internet and computer. And so this group, for example, the African-Americans, tend to have much more obesity and they have lower physical activity. We've even published papers before showing that the African-American population have lower levels of cardiorespiratory fitness. And if you remember, I mentioned before that that's one of the strongest predictors of prognosis, one of the strongest predictors of survival and cardiovascular survival is cardiorespiratory fitness. And the African-Americans have a lower level of fitness in studies that I have published. And we've even done randomized controlled trials of exercise training, and the African-Americans even get less improvement in their fitness with an exercise training program. So the African-American population really needs behavioral counseling. They need it to improve their dietary choices, to improve their physical activity, obviously to reduce their smoking. And even if you don't lose weight, 
for example, if we can keep the population from gaining more and more weight, and that's what typically occurs as time goes on, we've had a major effect on improving long-term health outcomes. So, for example, for obesity, if someone has 50 extra pounds, it would be nice to get them to lose some of those pounds, but it's really important to prevent them from going from 50 pounds overweight to 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight in the next few years. So we can sometimes make some small changes that can have pretty profound effects on the future health of the population. And I think this is particularly true with uh, certain socioeconomic, certain ethnic groups, and certainly for the African-American population. How common are these customized behavioral change programs? Is this something that most hospitals offer? Certainly, hospitals typically have smoking cessation programs. Most hospitals will have dietitians, but a comprehensive program for everything is not available everywhere. And that's why it really is important for the primary care physicians to be very involved in promoting behavioral counseling. Sometimes, They can utilize psychologists. Sometimes they can utilize social workers. But pretty much if the primary care physicians would just stick with those five A's that I mentioned for a behavioral change, not just assessing the risk, but advising change, but trying to get the patients to agree on a goal and action plan to assist them with steps to improve the treatment and to arrange a follow-up to see how they are doing. All of these things can have profound effects at helping our patients make some of these much-needed behavioral changes. Dr. Carl Chip Levy from the John Oshner Heart and Vascular Institute at Oshner Health in New Orleans. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.